Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host, Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC 265, Derek the Black Beast Lewis versus Cyril Gan. Shaq, it's going down this Saturday night for the interim heavyweight championship. You got the KO king of the UFC, Derek Lewis, taking on a prodigy and a phenom and Cyril Gan for the interim strap. Uh, winners getting Francis Ngannou. Yeah, I mean, Cyril Gan's been the most hyped heavyweight prospect probably since Francis Ngannou and their former training partners. Both guys have history with the former champ lewis has the has the win over him um and one of the you know that fight definitely didn't live up but I, i'm interested to see a rematch between the two so and you know francis is my favorite heavyweight champ of all time but as far as this fight goes i mean Derek lewis in houston uh surreal gone i mean i got a lot of respect for their team over there in france um so i'm excited for this fight and and we also got hashtag uh texas judges this weekend so oh man you know <laughs> you know texas judges are even more lit than than apex judges so yeah, i mean look if you thought that <laughs> adelaide bird and chris lee were bad just wait till we get to texas uh <laughs> this weekend you know and I'm expecting some crazy decisions, maybe in the Pedro Munoz and Aldo fight. Uh, there's the Tisha Torres, Angela Hill fight. You know, Angela Hill loves crying robbery. So, uh, and she made a couple comments. Uh, we'll talk about that soon. So, man, I'm excited. But look, when we talk about Derek Lewis being the KO king, uh, that's not hyperbole. I mean, this guy's got more knockouts than Chuck Liddell in the UFC, more knockouts than Vitor Belfort, than Anthony Rumble Johnson, than Francis Ngannou. So, Derek Lewis is the UFC KO king. And, uh, He's undefeated in Texas, Shaq. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, I had a bet on him his last fight in Texas. He, he made me sweat it out a little bit against Latifi, but he uh, pulled a job out. And, you know, in Texas, man, those judges, I mean, you, you might have to you might have to uh, knock Derek out to win. <laughs> Hashtag 3026Bosh. I'll never uh, forget that stuff. So we're going to break down the whole car start to finish. But first, uh, got to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. So attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. You guys know it's going down this weekend in Houston. Do we have a pew problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped uh, have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff. Go into manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20. And Shaq, uh, you know you ain't trying to get no nicks, no cuts. You ain't trying to deal with no bullshit. I mean, that's why Manscaped comes in, and they always come in ready. And you guys ready for an out-of-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off not only in the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and even Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0, trimmer which is uh what i got in my hand right here you also get the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer the crop preserver ball deodorant the crop reviver toner the performance boxer briefs which are extremely comfortable and even a travel bag to hold your whole solar system First schedule for liftoff, the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This spaceship is here to guide you on your journey to trim your butt, your body, balls, and even your anus. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor and new multi-function on-off switch, which can engage a travel lock and is even waterproof. So, you know... No, no power, no problem. Get in the shower. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4,000K LED spotlight you can turn on and off when needed for a more precise shave. 
through your travels across the universe. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. It's like having a little astronaut to chop off your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor power, 360 degree rotary dual blade system. I mean, every time I say that, it sounds badass. This nose and ear hair trimmer uh, provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate areas. And don't forget about the Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and their Crop Reviver to help you to help your little planets be on their A game while feeling the sun's heat. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag, abort hairy balls and buzz lightyear that woody with Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you, Shaq. You know, I couldn't have said it better myself, man. Absolutely. So hit hit up our sponsor, Manscaped. So let's go ahead and break down this whole car start to finish. Because first up, in the bantamweight division, interesting. So they're uh, so Jamie Simmons is dropping now. So we got Johnny Munoz. He's ten and one. He's taking on Jamie Simmons, who's seven and three. And currently, they got Johnny Munoz minus three hundred. The comeback on Jamie Simmons is plus two forty. So Shaq, what's interesting about this fight is you got Johnny Munoz, who's a black belt in jujitsu, and you got Jamie Simmons, who's a former wrestler. So stylistically, it's intriguing because. I do wonder if Jamie Simmons can use that wrestling in reverse, keep this fight standing. And from there, it might be kind of even standing. Um, but that being said, um, I do kind of think that Johnny Munoz, look, he's not a Damian Maya. He's not a, a, a Ronnie Yaya or anything like that, but he's still legit enough to probably get a submission here. So I think Munoz probably gets it done, but I'm, I'm kind of sketched out by that wide line. I thought the opener, you know, was a little bit more correct. So I'm gonna go with Johnny Munoz, but there is a path to victory for Simmons here using that wrestling in reverse. Yeah, you know, both had, uh, I mean, Simmons had a, a very tough debut. Uh, I mean, he had to fight uh, Chikadze in his first fight. And, you know, that definitely didn't go according to plan. Um, Munoz, uh, you know, I've heard things about him. Um, uh, he fought Manus, you know, we know Manus. Uh, he's fought a couple dudes from around here. So, um, yeah, Munoz is the jujitsu guy. And he seemed like he had some good clinch. And he took that fight against Manus on like a day or two notice, man. So we're probably going to see a much better version of both guys. So it is kind of, you know, I kind of feel where you're going. Like, it's kind of sketchy. You don't really know how both guys are going to show up. Both guys are young. Munoz, even though he's got the 10-1 record, I mean, some of those opponents weren't exactly, you know, you know, uh, up to, you know, par. I feel like uh, Simmons might have even had a tougher local scene. Like, uh, is he from, like, Missouri or something? Um yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, or Wisconsin. So yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna go with Munoz. But yeah, it could be a close fight, man. You really don't know too much about these guys like that. Yeah, this fight will let us know a lot. And also Simmons dropping the 35s. Um, the last fight was on short notice against Giga. This is much more of a fight along his level. So let's see what happens. Next up in the flyweight division, we got a match between Victoria Leonardo. She's eight and three. She's taking on Melissa Gatto, who is six zero and two. And currently they got. A dead pick'em minus 108 Gatto minus 108 Leonardo. So Gatto, obviously, her claim to fame is she submitted Carl Hosa, you know, nearly half a decade ago. First round submission. So now that win is really aged well because Carl Hosa is one of the top prospects. Now, in my opinion, Shaq, if they ran it back today, I, I, <laughs> I think Carl Hosa would uh, uh very ugly. <laughs> I think Carl Hosa would do some things that uh, yeah, so I personally don't put much stock into that win. But that being said, Victoria Leonardo. She's tough, but isn't the most imposing fighter on the roster. Uh, how do you see this one going down? Yeah, um, it's interesting because, you know, Gatto is coming off the the USADA, like, 
two-year thing and one thing i've been noticing like these girls coming off the two-year the brazilian ones like rebus um lemos had a usada one like a bunch of them brazilian girls pop man and then they end up coming back and like uh and and looking good man so um yeah i mean look victoria leonardo i was i mean i was not impressed at all i mean she no disrespect tough tough girl um i can't even say durable because i've seen her get stopped multiple times so um i, I mean I, I experience okay she's experienced um she's been around but skill wise i mean she's got decent takedown she's somewhat of a punching bag on the feet um i i, I watched her fight against um um, what's the French the French girl the French Manon, Fira. And, and I mean, look, yeah, Fira was a very high prospect, but I see a lot of greenness in her as well. And I mean, it wasn't really much a comp uh, a, a competition. She got stopped by Blanchfield, who's a ju uh, jiu jitsu uh, fighter, by a head kick. Um, and the the chick she fought on Contender Series, I mean, was like two and zero, three and zero, like not much experience. Like Gato, even though you know um similar you know inexperience hasn't fought in a while i wouldn't be shocked if in the in these two years she's been uh gaining 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 a lot of skills i mean two years to practice for a young fighter is almost like a, is a good thing in my opinion i mean um and and you know this you saw the thing i'm not putting any stock into it i mean she just like probably how old is she 25 yeah like come on man she ain't i think it's just something in those brazilian supplements out there rebos had it lemos had it jennifer my like a lot of those brazilian girls like have popped for uh like little things out there on the um for usada so i think um I got Gato, man. I don't think it should be a pick -em. Like, yeah, Carol Rosa, yeah, of course, you know, if, if they ran it back, Carol would, you know, do things. That, and, and some could say it was a fluke arm bar or it wasn't even an arm. It was a like Kimura, like from, which is impressive. Like, if she's pulling off stuff like that against Carol Rosa at that, you know, young green stage in her career, I mean, I want to see what happened, how she's looked after two years because we know what Victoria, I mean, it's, it's you know, she's going to try to get a takedown i guess but i mean on the feet it, it it's bad man like she's slow she's uh it's it's soccer mom vibe so you know i think um i'm gonna go with melissa gato here i'm gonna say by finish too man i mean this girl get, has been stopped multiple times yeah i mean listen we don't know exactly how it's gonna go down because with the layoff not that i think she's gonna look worse i think she probably will look better but we don't know exactly what to expect but i don't put much stock into the usada suspension because like we were talking about when these kids are like you know 25 years old and they pop it's completely different than popping when you're in your mid to late 30s that's when you got to worry about the usada suspensions i mean you remember ortega when he popped it wasn't a big yeah, deal like, man, like there's some popping where it's like you know dillashaw level pop you know that type of popping or um you know like like just on a lot like real like steroids but like when it's like the oster and the and you know those things are i think it's just tainted supplements man so like i'm not putting any stock into that I actually um you know i feel like in other spots you would have seen like gato lined a lot higher like like you know i don't know that's just the well i mean it's the layoff the usada yeah, suspension yeah. that plays into people's minds they've seen leonardo fight granted she got finished her last fight but prior to that she upset a lot of people when she beat Chelsea Hackett. Uh, listen, I didn't set her a minus 300. Uh, I didn't set Hackett a minus 300 favorite there. Some girl was minus 300 against Leonardo on contenders. Leonardo finisher got that UFC contract. So Did that girl beat Carol Rosa? Absolutely not. Um, and again, I think Carl Hosa would beat Gatto if they ran it back. You know what Carol Rosa would do to Victoria Lee? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Gatto opportunistic submission somewhere along the way. Just not exactly sure if she's going to pull guard, if she's going to try to take her down. Or maybe leonardo takes gato down and gets subbed so let's see next up in the bantamweight division we got miles johns he's 11 and 1 he's taking on anderson dos santos who's 21 and 8 and currently they got 
Miles Johns minus 220. The comeback on Anderson Dos Santos is plus 184. Good fight. Was scheduled to happen once before. Was it uh, Dos Santos that got COVID? Or? Yeah. So Dos Santos had COVID. Um, listen, I think that the finishing upside is with Dos Santos. Like if someone's going to get a finish here, most likely it's Anderson. I mean, there's a guy that finished Ricky Simone. He's a hard hitter. He's a yeah. black belt in jiu-jitsu. Marches forward. He knocked Ricky down and choked him out, I believe. Um, or, did, or did he knock him out? No, he dropped him. And then, like, he dropped him and yeah. choked him out, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Anderson, he's he's a tough... When I say he's a journeyman, I mean it with all due respect. He's a tough, he's tough... <laughs> he's a tough, tough journeyman. Um, so if there's a finish in this fight, I think it'd most likely be Dos Santos. It's just Miles Johns is really good at playing it safe and, you know, stalling the fight. And I say that with all due respect, mixing, like, he can be getting outstruck, but then he'll take you down with two minutes left and lay on you and win that round. And... Those qualities are good for winning decisions. Uh, we'll see how the Houston judges score it, but I'm gonna go with Miles Johns via decision here, Shaq. Yeah, that that that's kind of how I was feeling. I was like, man, I feel like this could be lying closer just because I respect Dos Santos. He's tough. He's experienced. And Johns, I feel like you know that big muscly frame. Like, look at his fight with Cole Smith. I mean, that was a little too close to call for my like. I mean, for the type of prospect he was. I mean, that fight was coming down to the wire. Um, and then his fight with um, um. Uh, Mario Bautista in Texas. I mean, Big he, that was a eggy. I mean, he was once Mario started feigning them knees. I mean, he he stopped throwing it. And, and I mean, he's had some other. I mean, a lot like the fight what he had uh, against Yanez on the local scene was close. I mean, he ate some shots there. I mean, he pressed Yanez on the fence. That's what he's good at. He can press on the fence, stall, and, and kill the clock. But um, I mean, honestly, man, I feel like it could be lying closer. I can't necessarily say Anderson's gonna win because I mean, it is in Texas, and we and we know who's from Texas, so it. It's like one of those things where, like, you know, like these Anderson's probably gonna have to like really beat Miles up to win this fight, you know. Um, and is he capable of that? Probably not. But you know, he can, you know, maybe out a big moment him. or two. Yeah, maybe a couple big moments outmaneuver him, take it back. Because man, even on that contender series fight, you can see Miles, man. Like, if you can get him to work and like exert, like those muscles will get tired, man, and he will start huffing and puffing. And then you know, his fight with the. Uh, Natividad, you know, Natividad's been getting ran through in the UFC. So, you know, I feel like Dos Santos is a tougher test. Is he gonna win? No, but I feel like John, it's a little bit too. Uh, but you do have the the, the 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 Texas judges to back you up if this is cool. They can't let Miles Johns go home with that. <laughs> imagine safe Sayu's reaction. Yeah, like, you know, he's already uh, safe. Already talked to them, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. One thing I want to say. Props to Miles Johns on that vet tactic in his last fight when he knocked the guy out. He grabbed yeah, his glove. Yeah. Hey, if, if the ref didn't see it, it didn't happen. So, listen, man, um, you know, just like grab the fence. You get a couple warnings. Like, you, you warning? learn how to game the system. And like he did that. Maga, uh, Maga, uh, what's his name? Nikolai against Kamor. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Grabbing the fence. <laughs> yeah. The way Johns grabbed those gloves. I mean, yeah. I'm curious to see if other fighters like learn from that because that was actually just as a fighting technique that was a beautiful technique i know it's against the rules but it was a great i mean look yeah. anderson silva's knockout of yushin okami fight. the first one was against the rules but it was a beautiful yeah. knockout so fight, you know yeah next up in the flyweight division we got manel cap he's 15 and 6 he's taking on oday osborne who's 9 and 3 and currently they got it's a good fight. manel cap minus 200 the comeback on oday osborne is plus 168 so Obviously a great fight, but first thing I want to say, Oday dropping to 125. Like, like, dude, he is going to look awful on the scales. He is going big, bro. Like, he's big. He is going to look so emaciated. But granted, 
put the weight back on, rehydrate, go out there and perform. But then let's say he does put the weight back on and performs. How do you see them matching up? Because it's like Ode has these big explosive moments. Um, you take him down. He's subbing you off his back. He's been training jujitsu with coach Daniel Wanderlei, and he's got knockout power too. And with Cap, he's been criticized for his volume, but he's in there fighting really tough guys, man. I mean, yeah. Nicolau, Pantoja, going the distance with them, very closely contested fights. He did his thing over there in Japan. You know, the low volume can be criticized, but it's not like Ode Osborne is really a volume guy himself. He's more of a first-round finisher, too. So I like this fight a lot. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with Kate being favored just due to the fact. And I feel like he's, people are a little too harsh on him because, like, yeah, low volume, but you try fighting Pantoja and Nikolau. <laughs> like, bro, like, it ain't it ain't that it ain't just that easy. Like, Nikolau, honestly, in my opinion, is one of the most talented guys. I mean, other than his chin flaw i mean everything else is is solid so um and pantoja i mean he's did y'all ever see pantoja versus moreno i mean twice um so you know i i think um i think that manel cape's getting a little bit of a bad rap and i mean he was right there with those guys it wasn't like he was getting beat i mean i really thought i honestly scored the the cape i watched it again i scored it for him i mean the nicolau fight yeah the nicolau fight look it was close it could have went either way they they happened to score it for nicolau in the apex it is what it is um the the pantoja fight he clearly lost but i mean i mean that fight was competitive for 15 minutes i mean pantoja never at any point just started beating them up i mean that fight was tactical it was it was high level, man. So I think Manel Cape is right there with those guys. I think, look, my, my, like my boy Night Train, you know, sometimes you drop the first two or um, there was somebody else that dropped the first two on the last card. Um, uh, man, Phil Rowe dropped the first one. Um, Jinyu Fry, she lost her first two fights in the UFC, man. Sometimes, you know, the, the two men, it puts your back against the wall. And I mean, it's like, you, you I got it. Like Manel Cape's going to come all the way from Japan all this time, come to the UFC and go 0 for 3. I love Ode Osborne, but man, I don't think so. Look, Ode Osborne, I think everything right now, look, he's the dog and, and plus 160 is a good line because it's a projection for him. I mean, we're, you're projecting that at flyweight, his power in that first round is going to be too much. And I mean, Manel Cape does fight with his hands down but i just know that 125 cut he's so big i want to see like just what happens if they go a a lot more positions like if they go on the ground and and they're scrambling like scrambling at 125 and 135 is two different things man you have to be able to go constantly like and this guy is out here you know doing it against you know top top 10 competition man so i gotta lean manel cape here to get it done by i'm gonna say he he's got the advantage in the late rounds i mean now this is his fight because oday osborne it hasn't fought like he's only fought brian keller and jerome rivera man like you know keller is a, a you know an experienced guy and you know, oday got carried away in the in the pre-fight so you know um yeah you know he took that submission loss but jerome rivera he did what he was supposed to but like it's so low level that like and it was at 145 pounds um it's 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 tough to say how he's going to perform position to position you know you know ground transitioning like how is he going to do after that weight come in because the flyweight pace is a, is a lot man. so i'm gonna go with manel cape i say he breaks away in late rounds by decision like 29 27 maybe that first round is he might get uh, you know dropped here because Ode's throwing under man and manel cape better not try to go toe-to-toe with him early Firstly, shout out to our family, Jared Nitran Gooden, uh, for putting all of Georgia on his back and going out there and starching Stolze in the first round in devastating, memorable fashion. So shout out, Nitran. So happy for you, man. As far as this fight's concerned, Manel Cap, 
He's got the experience edge. And in addition to the experience edge, he's got the experience edge at 125 pounds. Like Shaq was talking about, 125 and 135, it's a completely different story. I mean, not only are you the, on the edge, the brink of your body fat cutting the 25s, but the pace is nonstop. These guys do not take breaks. Now, the interesting thing is Manel Cap has been criticized for low volume, but that's, you know, relatively speaking to guys like Nikolau, speaking, you know, to guys like Pantoja. Here, it's going to be a little bit different because, Oday Osborne, I think he's going to be huge for 25s. There's a chance he even misses weight. Um, maybe. We'll see. And I think that Oday Osborne is a great prospect. He's going to go on to have a very bright future. But right now, Manel Cap is slightly ahead of him, and he's fought the better guys. He's been in there. He's battle-tested. And listen, Oday Osborne's always going to be dangerous. You take a guy like that down, and you know he's one of the rare guys that can attack off his back and submit people. He's also super explosive, um, can just do really unorthodox techniques. So maybe he catches Cap, but I think the long-term battle is going to be won by Cap, and I think he gets his first UFC win. And we'll see what happens with Oday. Listen, that last fight, I know it was at 45s for Oday against Rivera, but he was initially supposed to fight at 25s. His opponent backed out, so they got... I believe yeah, Albazi. That's a fucking great fight. That was that would have been a tough fight yeah. too. Paiva was supposed to fight Albazi. Uh, you know my boy Paiva is uh, ranked in two <laughs> divisions, but um, so uh, but but back to this um, so so Oday was already dropping to twenty fives, but you know that fight got canceled, so you know Rivera could only make forty five on like a week notice. So what if, what if Oday makes one twenty five on the dot? Yeah, look. Ode, if Ode makes 25, that'll be really interesting. I think it'll send a big message that he's someone to look out for. But I still slightly lean towards Cap just because I think he's slightly he's he's more ahead right now in the respective part of his career. But definitely keep your eyes on Ode Osborne. I'm very high on him as a prospect. Now, next up in the strawweight division, we got the former number one contender, the former title challenger, two former title challengers. We got Karolina Kovakevich. She's 12 and 6. She's taking on Jessica Panay, who's 13 and 5. And currently they got Karolina Kovakevich minus 126. The comeback on Jessica Panay is plus 108. So, you know, this is interesting because both ladies have seen better days. I mean, we talked about how Jessica Panay, you know, she changed her biological passport, which I don't even know what the fuck that means. It just sounds bad. But then you got Karolina on the other side who got diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease. And, you know, she changed her diet to all vegan. And you know what happens when these guys start going vegan. I mean, unless you're a Diaz brother, you remember when Abel Trujillo was like this scary explosive guy, then you went vegan and everyone just started running through him. So listen, I love Carolina. I'm a huge fan. And had this been prior to her Jessica Andrade fight, it might even be a max bet at this price on Carolina. It's just that now I think that the playing field has kind of leveled out. And honestly, I think it's a pick em fight. So I'll actually slightly lean towards the dog, Jessica Panay. Go and and um, I just think that she'll, you know, maybe take her back, maybe just have a little bit more top control. I, I mean, I think Carolina's better than her on the feet for sure. It's just Carolina has not been the same since that Jessica Andrade fight and since her unfortunate diagnosis. And we wish her all the best. We love, we're huge fans of Carolina. I mean, I'll never forget when Carolina cashed that plus 215 against Rose Nama Yunus here in Atlanta, Georgia. She'll always have my respect. I'll always be a fan. And had this been a couple years ago, it would be big on Carolina. But current states, dog or pass, I'll go Jessica Panavia split decision. Yeah, I mean, if this fight was like 2014 or something, man, this would have been Carolina with a molly wop, Jessica, you know. But uh, unfortunately, it's not, man. I Man, I, man I, you know, the way I feel about it is like, it, it you know, both of these girls look, are, you, know, you got Panay who's, you know, on the tail end, Carolina's on the tail end, both girls are on the tail end, but 
I feel like in terms of a betting perspective, this is like the one fight where I really think like, um, you know, in terms of like one of the one of the fights, at least where like, I mean, this fight's going to be close. Like, if you're looking for a dog, like, you know, Panay has actually fought uh, under... We got to see Panay against, you know, maybe Godinez was a little green and 5-0 and and whatnot. But, I mean, it's a young, like, you know, arguably more hungrier girl coming in there. And, I mean, I, I disagree with that being controversial, too, man. If you get your back taken and back-mounted at the, at the end of two rounds, like, don't be shocked when you lose. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I know she had some big slams, and she definitely, I mean, Godinez throws hard, man. Like, she, she uh, was throwing haymakers in there. But I think uh, Carolina, man, I... It's been since like the Claudia Gadelia times, man, when I've been a little skeptical. I, you know, we, uh, I remember she fought in Atlanta, beat Rose Nami Yunus back in the day. And um, ever since the Yolanda fight, then the Gadelia submission loss, she had maybe a couple wins at like against Jody Escabel and like uh, Felice Herrick, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, other than that, man, I mean, look, it is against the top girls in the sport, but look at who, who's Panay losing to, the top girls in the sport. So it's like... Besides Daniel Taylor. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I guess uh, you could say her losing to Grasso and Yan Chown in. It yeah, would be exactly. Like a, and she got absolutely dominated. No, nothing, Watterson, nothing to offer. Like, you know, absolutely blown out the water. So it's like, man, it feels like the facts are all pointing that Panay's going to win a, a split decision here, man, or... Um, you know, look, Carolina used to have better stand up, but like, has she been getting off any offense lately? Like, I have, like, at least Panay was like popping the jab a little bit. I'm going with Panay here by decision. I just think she's been more active. At least we saw her against like a young, um, you know, a young fight, like a young fighter, you know. Um, so I got to lean her in this one, man. Uh, Carolina, I think her eye socket got Yan Chan in broke her eye socket or something like that. Her last fight, it's been uncomfortable to watch. Like, it, like some of the, the Grasso fight, those have been uncomfortable. Like, it was like, man, like they're teeing off on you. Like, and she, like Carolina, when she was coming up, she had like she was the girl that used to break girls in the late rounds. And I think honestly, like how we see in the the male divisions, man, like some of these uh you know workman fighters that take a lot of damage that you know. Uh, when in the late rounds i mean you can't you can't do that forever you know and it catches up to you and once you i mean it's not like she's gonna get knocked out here but it just seems like all her uh skills diminish you know? yeah it's unfortunate but you know we wish her the best um for she sure had a great room. i'm a huge fan of carolina now next up in the 205 pound division we got ed short fuse herman he's 25 and 14 he's taking on alonzo menafield who is 10 and 2 and currently they got Alonzo Menafield minus 245, the comeback on that Herman's plus 200. So what's, what's interesting about this is like, Alonzo, knock him out. <laughs> should, should I give Alonzo Menafield another chance? Because I'm still pissed about that Devin Clark fight. Like, I still think that if you're a prospect at 205 and you have aspirations to make it into the rankings and to be something in that division, like you, you need to go out there and knock out no, Devin Clark in the first round. And, you know, unfortunately, he didn't do that with Ed Herman. Interestingly enough, when he fought that Russian, he kind of followed a similar game plan that I'd want him to follow here if I was picking him, which is to weather that early storm. You know, once he starts to get tired, that's when you show those vet tactics, the elbows, the knees in the clinch, man. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. Um, but at the same time, Ed Herman is 40 years old. So maybe I don't quite agree with the price on Menafield pre-tape. But then again, he knocks Ed Herman out in the first round and he's going to look like a minus 250 favorite. So it, it, it's just tough because I'm I'm worried about what happens if this fight gets extended. I'm going to lean with Menafield to get this early knockout. You know, I do think that he had to have improved from those losses. He's training with a great team, Fortis MMA. But Ed Herman is one of these savvy vets that, again, if, if Ed Herman can get this to the seven-minute mark, you know, hit up the live betting window, it might get kind of interesting. But 
You know, he is 40 years old. At some point, the bottom's got to drop out. And, you know, he did lose to guys like John Volante and stuff. So, CB Dalloway. He even dropped CB Dalloway and lost. Uh, I'm going to go Menafield first round knockout, but all due respect to Short Fuse, uh, true vet of the game. Yeah, I mean, Short Fuse was on that season with Bisping, man. Tough, uh, tough three, I believe. So, um, Menafield, yeah, I've, I, I've kind of felt like Menafield was overrated for a while. But, not, you know, this fight, he is fighting a 40 year old. But, you know, the Craig fight. I don't know why Paul Craig went for that spin. Like that, that was bad in my opinion. And Craig's improved. And, and you know, they're probably not going to fight, but I, I truly believe if they did fight again, Alonso would get his arm broken, but you know, uh, no, but no, in a serious note, man, a lot, Menafield got rushed up too bit from that, from that Craig fight. You know what happens if you beat uh, Paul Craig? I mean, especially the way he did yeah, Like you win by KO. I mean, you find it with the big boys now. So the Clark fight, man, Clark, I mean, if you get Alonzo tired, man, he's basic. I mean, he'll, you know, telegraph his punches. I mean, duck his head in the clinch, uh, force the clinch like when he shouldn't. Um, you know, he's probably worked on that. He probably just needed experience. He only had like eight, ten, you know, ten fights somewhere in between there. So um, he was fairly green. As long as they worked on that in the gym, I think this is a test that they can pass. Look. But at that line, man, just knowing in the back of your mind, how many times have you seen Ed Herman pull these vet tricks? He's also looked sloppy, but it, it seems like those are against like guys with like a real take. Like, C, you know, CB might be a jobber, but like, he, you know, he is a D1 wrestler. Uh, he just held him down. Now, it's not like he, you know, broke Ed. He just, you know, yeah. hugged his leg. And, and Ed was like, he didn't want to fight me. <laughs> so anyways, man, I think uh, Minifield is going to win. But I actually think he's going to have to go three rounds and prove, like, you got to go three rounds. Because, look, even that Mike Rodriguez fight against Ed, like, we, we, we know what happened and all that stuff. But, like, man, I kind of respect Ed for, like, Ed played that off so cool. Like, he never at any point, like, you know, say never said a word during the entire time. He was just... You know, he played it off nice, and then he pulls that Kamara sweep off. I mean, Ed stays in the fight, man. He's not a quitter. He's going to be here. Um, we'll see if uh, – it wasn't like he got – did he? it wasn't like more body shots he was getting hurt with, right? Yeah, it was a knee yeah, to the body. Yeah, like he wasn't getting hurt with shots on chin. So, like, in terms of his chin, I still think it's, uh, you know, at least pretty good for a 40-year-old. It's more so his, his midsection and stuff like that, which is in play. So I'm going to go with uh, Menafield by, by tough, like, bloody – gritty fight decision and i think he'll finally you know pull through it'd be nice to see um now next up in the bantamweight division we got a match between draco rodriguez he's seven and two he's taking on vince morales who is nine and five and currently they got draco minus 112 and vince is minus 104 so i mean listen i've been kind of critical of vince morales um for the ufc level I think that he is a bit harmless. Now, I know what people oh, he's harmless. He whoop your ass. I just said I at the, the at the UFC level, I think that, you know, he doesn't have much much pop in his hands. He doesn't have options to take fights to the ground. His legs are a bit brittle. I know it's Chris Gutierrez, but still this kid's got skinny legs. Now, Draco on the other hand doesn't move his head. Um, gets submissions off his back. His hands are okay. What do you what do you think, man? Uh, who, who's gonna yeah, get this done? It's tough because they opened Vince minus one eighty. Um, Vince, man, I feel like his back's against the wall. I mean, he has to win this fight to continue. Um, and I and I, I mean, look, just look at who he's been fighting, man. We're talking about Song. We're talking about El Guapo Gutierrez. We're talking about um. Uh, little uh, my boy, uh, Golden Boy Benito. Man, what, what the hell happened to that kid? That kid disappeared. E- um, even the people close to him don't know. <laughs> like, 
that kid was supposed to be a prospect at one point. Um, but uh, yeah, and a lot of people think that Vince won that fight. I, you know, I mean, it was close, but um, man, Draco, now that was bad against um, the Sahabi brother. Um, that that was bad because he missed weight. I mean, he just I was actually impressed with his contender series performance. It was probably low level though. Um, yeah, look, I think I'm gonna go with Vince, man. Just due to the, I, I feel like, you know just that urgency behind him like this is it yeah i agree i mean look this is a low level journeyman jobber fight i mean it it, it is what it is but i feel like it's going to be a good fight just due to the the stakes of the fight because if draco comes out here and lays another egg and gets stopped i mean i wouldn't be shocked if they let, let him slide out of here too after what he did his last fight and vince i mean i just think man you gotta gain some experience man from 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 these uh experiences and i mean he is training with guys like ricky simon i don't know who draco rodriguez trains with um i mean i'm sure he trains somewhere but uh, you know he's training with ricky simon i mean his cousin his cousin gotta gotta wear off on him at some point you know like uh, but i'm gonna go with vince man i think uh i'm gonna say by like close decision i mean the i bet on chris gutierrez against him due to the fact that uh the fight previously against lopez lopez landed like how I, like a bunch of low kicks on him i was like you know if chris if chris kicks is like like that um yeah. it's probably gonna be a wrap and, and and that's exactly what happened so um i just think those are bad matchups for him man like song um uh you know so i think those guys are all somewhat you know little uh benito lopez what's his record now just one loss benito is 10, 10 and one. 1 i mean i don't know what the hell happened to him but he's 10 <laughs> and 1 we hope uh, benito's what okay with whatever's going on uh behind the scenes but I'm going to come in on the other side. I mean, it's not a confident pick here on Draco Rodriguez. I mean, he's fought nothing but low-level competition on his regional scene, except Tony Gravely, and granted, he got knocked out in that fight. So the two times he's fought anybody remotely UFC caliber, he's gotten stopped. But I've been very critical of Vince Morales since day one uh, of where he stands in the UFC, man. I just kind of... Again, I don't mean to be disrespectful when I say that he's a bit harmless for the UFC level. Um, I just don't think he really presents much of a threat. His hands are okay. Maybe he can touch Draco. Draco's coming off a KO loss, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. But I think that Draco is a little bit more dangerous, and I think he's going to come out here with a lot of urgency coming off a, a, a surprising loss to him. I know he was shocked he got stopped like that. Yeah, by, by hands, too. Like, yeah, by so... Unless Draco's completely broken, uh, I'll, I'll pick him to win this fight. Now, here it's about to get fun, my man. Main event of the prelims. We got Rafael Fiziev. He's 9-1. He's taking on Bobby King Green, who's 27-11. and 11. And currently, they got Rafael Fiziev, minus 295. The comeback on Bobby Green is plus 240. I mean, look, you know we're huge fans of Bobby Green. All respect to the OG. I'll never forget when Bobby Green cashed a similar price ticket to what it is right now plus 250 against josh thompson back oh, in the man, day that was amazing. like Dude, I, man that was that was great because man thompson back in the day was like, uh, <laughs> like nice guy but you know you, you remember how he was back uh, in the day. i very vividly <laughs> remember um so i was i've always been grateful to bobby green for that and i've always been a fan of his style a lot of swag good hands good take he's just he's a solid ass dude that's paid his dues and has been there and done that Rafael Fazir, extremely explosive striker, um, very, very dangerous. And he's surrounded by some other dangerous people, like all the Kazakh fighters, man. Like these guys, like whatever <laughs> those guys are doing, keep doing it. Um, Shaq, a lot of people say uh, this this line is a bit wide. A lot of people say it's a dogger pass situation. Do you agree with that? Man, I love Bobby, man. But this kid, Fazir, man, 
I think he's headed to the top 15. Look, I'm gonna go ahead on here and let him. I think the last, the only two people to stop Bobby Green with strikes is Dustin and Tim Means. Um, well, Tim, he couldn't get up off the stool, but you know, I think this might be the third time Bobby. He plays around with them hands down a lot, and he's got good head movement, and he does roll with the punches very well. But at the same time, this is not you – know, my boy Moises will be back. You know, he lost to Islam, but Moises is still – that striking is still improving. You know, it's not – this guy, Fazeev striking <laughs> is already, you know, here. Um, or Clay Guida or uh, Alan Patrick or – Orlando Venata, you know, this is this is like a serious kickboxer. And and I think he can fight for three rounds too, if need be. I mean, he proved he proved that in the the uh Mark DeCasey fight. But the fact that he's just coming out here and bombing off on dudes like Moicano, like that level dudes, that means that like in my opinion, he's official now. Like, okay, he's passed that test. And now you put him in that gym in Florida, um with Henry and them, San Sanford MMA, like he's got my boy Coach Lentz and Shavkat and um, I mean, all those dudes. I mean, it's Coach so Lance. You know, there's so many. Um, well, you know, he, he was co- he was coaching Shavkat, and yep. I, I just remember they were in the corner. <laughs> but uh, I think that uh, man, I think this might be a good situation for him. I think he's gonna stop Bobby, man. I think that if you let a guy like him get off clean shots like that, and Bobby, like they remember when he fought Dustin, and he was doing something similar, like oh that didn't really land, oh that didn't really land, and then I mean, look, he has eaten shots from Trinado and. We know the type of shot Chinado. I mean, look, Bobby's usually got a good chin, but I, I think, man, if he plays them games here, this guy's super, like his timing, uh, his explosiveness. I mean, look at like some of that, like flexibility in the DeCasey fight. Like, and DeCasey's a good athlete too, man. Very like, good. Um, so I'm very impressed with this guy. I, man, top 15, look, I think he's top 15. I know, I know who, who's in the top 15 that we got to get out of there. Cause if Fazeev ain't top 15, you spark my kind of like that. Um, Damn, that's a killer's fucking row. I mean, yeah. I mean, you you can Holy get Kevin shit. Lee up out of there. Um, yeah, Kevin Lee moved away class. Yeah, he already moved away class. So, yeah, that would be the one. But, man, 15, I mean, like, when Moises is number 15 and Saruki is 14, <laughs> like, you know, so, uh, yeah, I'm going physio by stoppage, man. I love Bobby, but I just think he – there's too many openings he plays – to, he plays with fire with his head movement, and he might get away with that against you know the guys that he's been fighting. But against this guy, I think he's going to pay the price. Yeah, again, I'm a huge fan of Bobby Green. For those that are just tuning in, like I said, I'll always be grateful for that cash, the plus two fifty against Josh Thompson. I'll always be a fan of Bobby Green style. When everyone was criticizing him for you know being cocky and and flamboyant and showboaty, I was always into it, man. I I love Bobby Green. It's just that that style plays right into Fiziev's hands here, man. Uh, Fiziev is the much faster striker. He's cleaner. He's got more power. And then you take it a step further and you talk about what's kind of plagued Bobby in the past. There's been a lot of these close decisions. Well, we're in Texas now, man. And uh, Bobby ain't winning no split decision in Texas. But I kind of think that Fiziev might actually stop him. As sad as that is, huge Bobby Green fan. So I'm going to go with Rafael Fiziev here to get it done. So before we talk about the main card, let's just uh, see what the fans are saying real quick. Uh, Got my boy Rob Brown in the house saying he likes the quality. Appreciate it. We just gotta gotta fix this sinking thing, but the quality is on point. Um, got my boy, my boy Nandalal. Is that is that how you pronounce it? Nandalal Rasaya. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. Um, let's see what else y'all are saying. We got yes, Mystic Sosa did. with the Shack Attack. Mystic Sosa, I like that. Got my boy Marcus with the with the Nubian bookstore. Shout out Nubian Marcus. bookstore here in ATL. Oh, yeah, my boy Marcus. 
my boy Chris showing some love to Night Train. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go, Rogue. We got my boy Matt. How's it going? How's it going, Matt? Appreciate you being here. Got Robot Chicken Wings. What up, Dan? Welcome back, Shaq. God bless you. God bless you, my man. Thank you so much for y'all support. All right, main card. Here we go. First up in the Bantamweight division, we got Yadong Song. He's 16 and 5. He's taking out Casey Kenny, who is 16 and 3. And currently, they got Casey Kenny minus 120. The comeback on Song Yadong is plus 102. It actually opened flipped with Song Yadong as the favorite. This is one of the toughest fights on the entire card to call for me, at least. And the reason being is that I think that Song Yadong is heavily criticized because of a couple of these decisions maybe people disagreed with, but like they're competitive fights against studs, man. I mean, Marlon Chito Vera is a stud. Cody Stamen is a stud. Kyler Phillips is a stud. And these are all competitive, close wars, man. And when you talk about a kid who's, I know we've made jokes about his age. because he's, he's, <laughs> he's been 23 for the last 10 years, but uh, you know, remember when he was like 19 for yeah, two years straight? Yeah. 30 then he was 26 then <laughs> so uh, i've never seen a guy go from 26 to 23 the only thing i can remember that's comparable is uh when jake ellenberger made his ufc debut against Condit and they listed him at six feet and then like, a, like five, nine, and, and then a couple of fights later they listed him at like five eight five nine yeah, so like, like five, that's the only thing i can uh remember that's comparable but look here this is tough man because it's like song yudong's got more power in his hands i think song yudong's the faster striker as well casey kenny probably definitely got the wrestling edge but like he can mix in takedowns but can he hold down a guy like song plus that's not even casey kenny's approach casey kenny likes to fight so this is gonna this is gonna be interesting i do lean towards casey i do think he's more well-rounded but i'm not confident man because i think that people are sleeping on song Yudong. i think that a 23 year old kid can make a lot of improvements in a short amount of time he's been fighting tough ass guys but so is kenny i mean he just went to a split with one of the bantamweight goats uh Dominic Cruz so you know I should probably pick the dog since it's since I think it's a coin flip fight I do lean Casey Kenny but I, I would not be surprised if I was dead wrong on this one yeah um it's a good matchup man this fight's tough because watching tape on both of them you know it, man the way Bantamweight is now man it's like so many so many this is a this is a very important fight for both of them because I feel like the loser is going to have a tough time surviving. I mean, not saying that he not can't keep his job, but I mean, the way Bantamweight is now, man, it's like, bro, you got some, even the unranked guys, like, it's, Bantamweight's like lightweight now. It's like, you know, it's so many, even the unranked guys could be. Yo, these guys are unranked. That's how crazy it is. <laughs> yeah, like, so I think, um, I think that like, this is going to be a good fight. Casey got to, he got to experience that level against the greatest bantamweight of all time, in my opinion, Dom Cruz. And I'm sure he learned a lot. So I'm interested to see how he come back from that. And it seems like Casey has a similar theme in, in a lot of his fights that he starts off very good. And towards the end that he kind of hits a wall. And even in the, um, and, and, you know, I, man, I, I this is a, cause look, the Nathaniel Wood fight, like, I feel like Wood's a little overrated, man. I feel like Wood's chin held him back in that fight. I feel like, you know, every, Casey could eat his shots fine, but Wood, every time Casey hit him, he'd have to stop. And, I mean, I've seen Nathaniel Wood, you know, wobbled several times. Um, even in the Manny Bermudez fight, like, Manny Bermudez was, like, missing weight, like, 
Um, and, and towards the end of that fight, man, Manny started taking it to Casey. I know Casey clearly won the first two rounds. And, you know, t- t- tangling with the dude like Manny on the ground could definitely take a lot out of you. But I feel like Casey's an undersized bantamweight. I just feel like he should be the dog, man. I feel like, look, Song Yadong, yes, his, his last three statement, um, Vera and Kyler Phillips, yes, all had controversy. Some uh, a lot of people think he went 0 for three. I mean, he lost the last one, but like, I mean, but I mean, did you see Piva and uh, Kyler Phillips? Like, no, don't, don't see Kyler will be back, man. Like, he'll definitely Piva, be back. Like, Piva's a dog, man. Like, um, I think all those, all three of those dudes, you know, Cody Stamen might not be top 15 anymore, um, but like, he's still a, a, a like, uh, he's number 15, but like, like the Marab, like, look at like, it wasn't like Marab beat was out here, like you know, picking Cody up and like, my bad. Um, I mean, you saw what happened when Marab and Casey fought. It was 30-26, like on one card, you know, like um, like the Salmon fight yet was like competitive. So like, I think he's fighting like good dudes, man. Like, um, and I don't see, I don't think Casey can hold him down, like maybe briefly, but man, I see on the feet, like Casey in the, maybe down the stretch, I actually see if like Song can take those improvements from the Phillips fight in which he kind of won the third round against a, uh, you know, a guy that was fatiguing in the, in the late rounds. If he can do that here, man, I wouldn't be shocked if he either, I just think he's got a lot more options to win. Like I, I could see him sparking K- Casey early. I could see him sparking Casey late. I don't think Casey can necessarily hold him down like that. Um, and I feel like song could even get on top of Casey. I mean, Casey get, has been taken down several times, man. Like more times uh, than song. Yeah. Like, I, like I just feel like song has more aspects to win more ways to win. So I'm going to pick him to win this fight, man. So we pronounced my boy, uh, Nandalal's name correctly. So hell yeah. Uh, my boy, Isaac Martinez says Shaq diesel hell back yeah, in the house. Isaac. We got my boy, Jay Weezy with the $25 donation. Jay Appreciate you so much. Jay Weezy. You're the fucking man. Thank you, brother. All right. Now, next up in the strawweight division, we got Tisha Torres. She's 12 and 5. She's rematching Angela Hill, who is 13 and 9. And currently, they got Tisha Torres minus 135. The comeback on Angela Hill is plus 115. So, Shaq, listen, I like Angela Hill, right? Like, I think she comes to fight and I think she's aggressive early. Um, but, but, but here, here's my thing I, I kind of have an issue with she's she been running that mouth, man. But listen, I, but I love trash talk. Don't get me wrong. I just have a problem with not accepting responsibility, not accepting accountability. Like you lose all these split decisions and I get maybe one or two of them were controversial. But when you start acting like you beat Yan Zhaonan, when Yan Zhaonan won 14 minutes of that fight, it's just to me, it's delusional. And Angela Hill is not a spring chicken. She's like 36. So when you have that kind of mindset at that age, it just probably is not going to translate to good long term results. And with Tisha, man, she picked herself back up after that skid, man. Uh, She goes out there destroys a, a a top prospect at the time and Brianna Van Buren and then against Hughes she let Hughes know that hey you probably don't belong in the UFC like when Tisha Torres is going out there and getting a first round finish that's that's when you know what the deal is and now Angela Hill is accusing someone who's never popped for using steroids and it's it's like it's like Angela like let's let's stop please so and now we talk about Texas judges. Angela's on the wrong side of these decisions. The reason is she comes out hard that first round, and then she coasts and and cries robbery. And I'm gonna go with Tisha via decision here. I think it's, I think it'll be closer than the first fight because you know Angela Hill's definitely improved, no questions asked. But I'm gonna go with Tisha here. I like her mindset better. I like her skill set better. I like her ability with the judges better. Give me Tisha Torres via decision. Like Tisha's always been like that. Like she's always been buff and still cut up. So like. Like, like Hill rubs, kind of rubs me the wrong way, man. Kind of always has. Um, I mean, pretty much like a lot of people say that about her. <laughs> um, 
like i just think she's delusional yeah i mean with these decisions you know the like the, she's got that conor mcgregor uh, that conor mcgregor accountability you know an excuse for everything i mean what happened was you um you fought Goodell, you dropped her, and then you stopped fighting. I mean, that's what happened. I mean, and she pushed it on you in the late. Goodellia was pushing it on you in the late rounds, you know. Um, and Chownan was pushing it on you in the late rounds. Um, like that's why you've been Courtney Kate. Court, you lost a decision to Courtney. Like Courtney Casey's the queen of losing close decisions, and you lost a decision to her. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like Angela Hill, you beat Ashley Yoder your last fight. Like, con congrats. Like oh my god like you know what i'm saying like look man i got tisha torres in this fight i think tisha torres just got the better mindset she's already got a win over her she's a little more realistic she knows that you know this fight's going to be tough and what she needs to do as where you got angela hill who's always you know dwelling on the past about some oh i got robbed here i got robbed there and all this you know nonsense. she's on man. steroids she's on steroids she got kicked out of 18 like all this like all this nonsense dude like it's ridiculous and, and it's honestly sad and it's honestly sad because like you think you remember when she fought random marcos and she was like posting pictures of randa and like saying all this stuff and then it goes out there and, and what happens like she gets stopped in the uh it was the first round right like you think she would learn her lesson by now i got tisha torres i actually think it's going to be convincing though like the the last well not even the hughes fight but the um the Van Buren fight, I think I bet on Van Buren, bro. I was like, yo, like Tisha was out there, like, like that was an ass whooping, man. And I mean, look, she lost to Marina Rodriguez. Like, Marina Rodriguez is top five, if I'm not mistaken. Um, she lost to a former champion, Wiley Zhang, and she won around on one scorecard. Like, that fight wasn't easy. Like, Wiley Zhang got wobbled in that fight. Um, who else did she lose to? Um Randa. Um, Tisha Torres. Oh, Tisha. Like oh, yeah. It was all the champions, man. Jessica Andrade. Champion, champion, champion. Yo number Wanda, one contender. Like, <laughs> man, Tisha's about to put on a little clinic here on Angela Hill. And Angela Hill's going to, you know, she's going to regret what she said. Now, before we talk about the featured bout, I just want to answer some fan stuff. So our boy Gorgantua said, good shit as always, fella. Shout out to Night Train again. Night Train helped this man win a tournament. So yeah. that's fucking awesome. Choo -choo. My boy, that dude said if Shaq and I had an MMA match, who would win? I think Shaq's got the power advantage for sure. I'd say I have the I have the grappling edge. Um, so we who it depends where we keep the fight, right? Yeah, I mean if he gets on top of me, that's it. But. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um yeah, robbed ones. All right. So featured bout. In the welterweight division, we got Vicente Luque. He's 20 and 7. He's taking on Michael Chiesa, who's 17 and 4. And currently, they got this fight minus 110 Luque, minus 110 Chiesa. So it's a dead pick em. It originally opened minus 160 for Luque. So Vegas does think Luque should be favored. Look, this is a hell of a fight, man. I mean, you got to take your hat off to a guy like Chiesa because the way he was looking towards the end of his run at 55s, I was like, man, like this ain't going to pan out well. But since he moved up to 70s, looks like a completely new man and has. The way, like the size, size wise, like I'm curious how the fuck he ever made 55s, man. When you see that face off with Luke, he looked bigger than Luke. So, Kiesa, man. Anthony Johnson once made 170. <laughs> Anthony Johnson once made 170. Exactly. So, Kiesa, man, I got nothing but respect for him because he's like, when you talk about, you know, because I know, you know, he said some things in the past that maybe, you know, rub people the wrong way and he acted a certain way. It cost a lot of people in that Joe Lowe's on fight. But, man, look at his. 
Look at his resume, man. I mean, beat Vic on the Ultimate Fighter, beat Ayakinta in his UFC debut, beat Trinaldo, submitted Benil Dariush, and then goes up to 70s, you know, beats a legend in Condit, beats a legend in Sanchez, beats a legend in Dos Anjos, beats a tough out in Neil Magny. So, I mean, I got to take my hat off to Kiesa. And one thing I really respect about him is he knows exactly where his strengths lie. I mean, Kiesa ain't about to come out here. There ain't going to be no jokes about K1 Kiesa or, you know, um, Mike, uh, I say Mike Tyson. There's, no, there's not going to be any uh, Kiesa Tyson, you know, or Kiesa Mayweather, any shit like that, you know. Uh, Kiesa dropped Masvidal. <laughs> he did drop Masvidal. That's so true. But when Kiesa throws his punches, it's more, you know, he's spamming with one goal in mind, try to get that body lock. And from there, man, when this guy ties up with you, he is so damn strong. When he gets on your back, he's got a nasty squeeze. So, I mean, Kiesa... If he can come out here and replicate the game plan that Mike Graves did against Luke back in um, 2015, then shout out to our boy Mike Graves. Don't believe the bullshit you read. That guy's a good dude. Um, But uh, yeah, I wonder what he's up to. But yeah, no, but Mike Graves laid the blueprint and then the Leon fight was kind of similar, but it it was a step in the right direction for Luke. I mean, he won the first round in the Leon Edwards fight. It was in 2017. Now we're moving on four years. And I think now he might actually be prepared to take on a guy like Kiesa. And I was getting worried for Luke around the Brian Barberena fight. Like, I felt like, man, like, listen, I'm a huge fan of your style. You're exciting. But, like, you take too many clean shots. And I feel like after the Steven Wonderboy Thompson fight, these last three performances, look, it's still going to be the same forward, aggressive Brazilian bruiser with the calf kicks, the big left hook, the opportunistic submission ability. No doubt about it. He's still going to be the same guy, but I feel like he's really cleaned it up these last three fights, man. And um, I know there were some, you know, uh, Randy Brown landed a nice takedown on him. For sure, you can't deny that, but Luke got back up very quickly, and even when Tyron Woodley, a D1 wrestler, tied up with him, Luke was able to separate out the clinch. So he's showing some of the right things that I want to see in a matchup like this. I think that Kiesa is so outgunned on the feet here that, you know, at some point, if he cannot just hold Luke against the fence or get him down and hold him down, I think that Kiesa is going to start shooting from a mile out. And from there, I think Luke can get him with a dar show, get him with a guillotine, get him with something opportunistic, chop him down with calf kicks, hit him with that big left hook. Because this fight stays on the feet for any prolonged period of time, you know, minus the first 10 seconds where they're feeling each other out. And I think Luke is going to put some damage on Kiesa. And then also, Kiesa seems to be a very popular side this week, and I understand why. I mean, he's looked like a stud since he's moved up to 70s. I just don't think that he's truly been tested at 170. Look, I respect all the guys he's fought. Like I said, Condit, a legend. Sanchez, a legend. But Condit and Sanchez are towards the end of their careers. Rafael Dos Anjos, a legend. But Rafael Dos Anjos is a 55er. Neil Magny is a tough out, but many people have shown that they can run through Neil Magny before. Vicente Luque is a clear step up in competition. And I think Luque is the one who's headed towards that title trajectory in terms of challenging, at least. So I'm going to go with Vicente Luque to finish Michael Chiesa. And I think it'll be a tough fight. Yeah. You know, I feel like... um kind of similar like i feel like can, the last fight he was maneuvering a lot better at least like threatening with his hands but we're talking about neil magny like neil uh, neil's a good fighter but like i mean neil ain't really knocking much things out you know like you know, look i think the uh a lot of the criticism of vicente is, is somewhat warranted but at, at the same time it's not like he in this particular fight it's not like yes is gonna um you know hurt him on the feel or anything like that but I mean, he's a he's a vicious Muay Thai banger. I mean, that comes with you have to take shots. I mean, you're going to get walked. I mean, I've seen guys like Justin Gaethje in our favorite fight, Justin Gaethje, Chandler, Poirier. I mean, I mean, when you have that 
stand in the pocket style, but, Neil, uh, but Neil, I mean, you are gonna get rocked. So I mean, honestly, when I started watching Vicente Luque's fights, I was like, I mean, this is what he does. He stands in the pocket. <laughs> if you stand in the pocket, that's why he's that's why he's in the position that he's in, man. I mean, he's getting finishes. He's hurting these guys. He's, I mean, he, the fight he had against Randy Brown. I mean, other than the the takedown he gave up, I mean, that was that was beautiful, man. That was exactly how. I mean, in this fight, I feel like he should do because I feel like. I, I agree. Like if he st- if Kiesa stands with Luke toe to toe for for more than a minute uh, a minute third a minute and a half two minutes something's gonna get through. I feel like and whether it's a a straight a left hook. I mean a knee in the clinch. Uh, I mean he's got a lot of weapons and yeah I know Kiesa is gonna be banking on that takedown but I just feel like you know. I feel like that's something he can prepare for. He's got Gilbert Burns. He's got, you know, the, that, uh, that team over there in Florida and his team in, um, in, in, in Brazil. And, um, look, I feel like, yeah, Kies is a popular pick. And I mean, look, he has, he lost around at 170. He probably hasn't lost around at 170. So I see why, but Neil Magny just doesn't pose that, 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 that finishing threat. Neil Magny is a workman, an efficient guy, you know, uh, a guy that's going to, you know, just look to outwork you as we're, I mean, every shot Vicente's throwing at him, whether it's to the body, the legs, the head is going to be, you know, with violent intentions. And, and he's going to have, he's, I feel like everything's going to have to go perfect for Kiesa. Like he's going to have to just hold Vicente can't get like, get his, uh, break his grips or, you know, things like that. But we'll see, man, I'm going Vicente Luque by knockout as well. I think it should be more closer to the opener. Um, like minus one six, like yeah, like minus one fifty, sixty, like four. You know, respect to Kiesa, you know, definitely been doing his thing, but the danger level here is very big. Hundred percent. So before we talk about the co-main event, everybody do us a favor, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We truly appreciate it. Co-main event of the evening, we got the legend, the former WEC and UFC featherweight champion Jose Aldo Jr. He's twenty-nine and seven. He's taking on Pedro Munoz, who's nineteen and five. And currently, they got Jose Aldo minus one twenty. The comeback on Pedro Munoz is plus one hundred. So, Shaq, it's a closely lined fight. There's so many different like areas I want to attack this fight from. Uh, firstly, Pedro Munoz is very, very hittable, so you know that the early going. Jose Aldo might get off on some big stuff. I mean, there's no holes in Jose Aldo's game. His boxing is amazing. His kicks are on point. His jujitsu is great. His takedown, like his takedown defense. Like Jose Aldo doesn't have any holes in his game. The issue with him is that he's such an explosive athlete that, you know, he will tend to fade just naturally down the stretch. That's just been an issue throughout his career. But as far as like critiquing his techniques, I mean, Jose Aldo is. I mean, he's pretty a lot better technically than Pedro. He's pretty. He's like almost perfect. Like he's um, he's amazing. He's a phenom. Um, Jose Aldo is one of the best pound for pound fighters we've ever seen. I mean, I remember coming home from high school watching this guy in the WEC. He's just so amazing. Well, Pedro Munoz. Here's the interesting thing. So Pedro Munoz eats a lot of shots. So that's one thing he's got going against him. But the other thing is he's so goddamn durable. Never been finished. And he's the guy that you start to slow down on Pedro Munoz and down that stretch, he will start to take over but there are a couple things i'm worried about the judges pedro munoz i don't know what it is but he's been robbed more than once (laughs) and he's been robbed by guys that are really good at weaseling decisions kind of like aldo remember the john dodson fight i thought pedro munoz broke john dodson didn't matter i thought pedro munoz walked down frankie edgar for five rounds didn't matter so it's one of those things where we can think pedro munoz wins this fight these houston judges might still give it to you know the legend jose aldo but jose could also win it fair and square i mean he is that damn good of a fighter so 
I think first round goes to Aldo. I think third round goes to Pedro. There might be a finish along the way. But if it goes to decision, I think it comes down to how you score that second round. I'm going to slightly lean Pedro because of the output. But, man, I would be lying if I said I was confident counting out you know, a legend like Jose Aldo. Yeah, man, it's a tough fight because at this point with Pedro, it's like I've seen him literally get hit flush on the chin so many times. It's like it's like you see all the openings for Jose, but you just know he's not going to knock. I mean, like Pedro, man, like the Jimmy fight, those were some clean ones he was taking. He wasn't even like he wasn't even he didn't even phase him. Like he didn't even flinch. Like Jimmy was in there swinging. Like that's the same Jimmy that y'all were saying was hurting Peter Yan and all this stuff. So I think, uh, <laughs> I think that man, like he, I mean, look, in terms of like his style, I mean, this could be Jose's worst nightmare. <laughs> I mean, this dude doesn't, I mean, he moves forward. Um, he eats a lot of shots, but he dishes out a lot of shots. Um, we know Jose necessarily isn't throwing the low kicks as much as he, as he once was. We know who is throwing the low kicks. I mean, Pedro's throwing them low kicks at a, at a very high rate, kind of like similar when I was watching Pedro, you know, he reminded me of like an old Gaethje. Like he was just in there, just like, I mean, putting pressure, just like all over the place. I mean, he's got the jujitsu. I don't think he's going to submit out or anything like that, but I mean, the dude moves forward. Um, I still think he'd be Frankie Edgar, hashtag Apex Judges. It is, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> well, I thought he'd be Dotson. <laughs> you know, but uh, Vegas hasn't been too kind of my boy. That was that fight with the Dotson fight was in Vegas too, I believe. Um, so, yeah, man, look, I think it's going to be a close fight, but I'm going to go with Pedro, man. I just think he puts on too much pressure for out. Uh, and uh, one of the things I want to say about Aldo in his last fight against uh, Vera, you know, I feel like. Vera didn't put enough pressure like you know how I mean usually that third round is Vera's best round and you know he even early on though I felt like he was kind of holding back I feel like Vera doesn't have as much uh experience as Pedro at the high level you know something he'll learn and you know for for future fights um I just felt like you know there was more spots where you know like there's a blueprint to be Jose. You have to press him. You have to make him work and put him on the back foot and, and, but stay composed. It's, it's, you know, it's only the only, you know, an elite high level guy can do it. Um, you know, but I, I watched the Marlon Marais fight. I still think he lost that fight, man. I mean, I know that was his Bantamweight debut. So maybe he was, uh, definitely had moments in that fight, Yeah, but he definitely had moments in that fight, but you know, I, you know, a win over Marlon Vera, you know, no offense to Marlon Vera, I still, you know, he's, but he's at the bottom half of the top 15, you know, he's like number 15 or 14. So yep. um, I, I still would like to see more to say that Jose can compete at the top five level at Bantamweight, but watch him come out here and uh, he is top five already. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, he has to be right. But like, man, we'll see what happens here. I'm gonna go with Pedro Munoz to to get it done, though, man. I think that this is a good spot for him. Just move forward. Don't get clipped. I I, I think as long, man. But I said that against Frankie, and then he they scored it for uh, for Frankie Edgar. So Jose's probably gonna win. So <laughs> yeah, Houston judges, man. Something else. Uh, all right, main event of the evening in the heavyweight division for the interim heavyweight championship we got Derek the black beast lewis he's 25 and 7 he's taking on cyril gone who is 9 and 0 currently they got cyril gone minus 350 to come back on Derek lewis is plus 280 so in some places plus 300 some places plus 310 so listen man um cyril gone as far as numbers are concerned he's got him covered in the striking and the grappling and this but i mean 
doesn't every single opponent have Derek Lewis covered in the striking stats, in the grappling stats? So I feel like stats are kind of irrelevant in this fight because when we talk about, you know, people like to dismiss the term KO or bust, like, oh, just write it off. He's KO or bust. Like, he ain't going to win. But, like, this is the UFC KO king. Like I said at the beginning of the show, more KOs than Anderson Silva, more KOs than Vitor, Chuck Liddell, um, Anthony Rumble Johnson in the UFC. So Derek Lewis, I mean, it's it. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to win by submission. He's probably not going to win a decision, but it's like one of those things where the KO or bust thing kind of makes it seem like he doesn't have a chance of knocking you out. He he has a chance of knocking anybody out, man, especially someone that's going to stand with him. But on the flip side, the holes we've seen in the past in Lewis's game standing has been a lot of body attacks have been able to hurt him. And I know for a fact Cyril Ghan and his team are watching that tape. They're going to come in here, a lot of kicks to the body, a lot of knees. They might even try to take Lewis down. They know Lewis is super hard to submit. So there's going to be a lot of positional awareness by Ghan here. Um, I mean, look, I think the pick should be Ghan to win. It's just one of those things where I think even if Ghan gets knocked out here, I think he can still come back and be a future champion. I think he's that talented. He's that skilled. I think he's a phenom, man. He's just He's had less than 10 pro fights. He's still a baby in this game. He's, he's, he's one of the best babies in this game by a long shot but he's, he's still developing so i would not be surprised if he got knocked out especially you see a plus 300 on Derek lewis in texas undefeated in texas but let alone against any heavyweight i mean we're talking about a guy in Derek lewis beat the champion francis and gan he had francis and ganu scared to throw against him beat uh volkov more viciously than gan did not knocked out the best wrestler in the division curtis blade so it's not like Derek lewis is just you know just beating gabriel gonzaga and roy nelson he's beating the fucking best guys on planet earth the Cyril gone fits that bill as well so you cannot count out Derek lewis at all and i'd be very uncomfortable if i laid the price on gone just knowing that any second this fight could end even if Derek doesn't throw a single strike for four straight minutes that one punch he does throw could end the show so i'm worried uh, about that but I do, I do think Gon's going to win the minutes of this fight. 100%. I think Gon's going to win the minutes of this fight. I think Gon's more technically sound. I think Gon is the better fighter. It's just, I'm, I'm fucking worried about that KO shot, Shaq. Big time, big time. I'll pick Gon, but not confidently. Yeah, man. There's a lot of different circumstances for this fight. I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of Surreal's uh, last few fights have been in a quiet, you know, somewhat of a quiet setting. I mean, now he's fighting in huge, like, we're talking about Derek's hometown. Sometimes I've seen, like, when you got every single person in the crowd against you, I don't know how many people fit in that uh, arena, but... Uh, a lot. I mean, I haven't really seen Surreal gone in a high-pressure cooker situation like that. I mean, um, he definitely has got some good wins over Volkov and Rosenstrike and JDS, but, uh, you know, I've seen all the... Uh, you know, the Rosenstrike fight was good, but I've seen Volkov, I mean, Volkov beaten before. Um got several losses um i mean you know gone did his thing i mean in terms of beating him by points it's going to be tough i mean the dude's distance is on point he looks very pretty doing it. i mean like the dude is bouncing all you know i mean the dude's solid um you have to close the distance on him and if you start hesitating backing up i mean you're gonna lose a, a decision man it's pretty much a wrap so i think the 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 Derek just has to make surreal fight you know make him like put pressure on them, touch, like you have to really put them in a spot to think. I mean, there's going to be a lot of fans in there. And the, and I'm telling you, it, it's a real, I, I just don't like that price. Like he's not real. Like, even though he's definitely done his thing, like he hasn't, this is going to, this is a high stakes, man. This is like, not saying I mean, we're going to see if he can, uh, if he can do it, we're going to find out Saturday. But as far as a bet, man, I, I don't see how you can play that line in Texas. Like, 
Um, like we said, Lewis is undefeated. Doesn't matter against who who he fought. He's never lost in his in his home state of Texas. So, um, Cyril Gunn's got to do go out there, and, and Cyril Gunn's never lost a fight. So somebody's got to go out there and do something that nobody's ever done before, man. Um, I'm gonna go with Lewis. You know, I, mean, oh, I think, I oh, think Lewis is gonna. I think Gunn's gonna win. You know, about 12 minutes, 13 minutes. And then all of a sudden be unconscious. And then <laughs> Cyril, wait. It's like, wait, wait, what happened? We were up, you know. We were up on the cards, 3026. Um, but, uh, you know, just like we've seen multiple times. But nah, man, I, I, of course, Cyril's the, the more capable fighter, more aspects to uh, win the takedowns, the distance, the striking, and all that. So he, he should win this fight. I just don't like the price, man. I think that it should be a little closer. Like, have some respect for Derek like Curtis Blades like I know Curtis doesn't have you know the best stand-up but in terms of other outside of Stipe over the last three four years outside of Stipe and Ganu and um and you said what now others outside them too like who's been the most dominant heavyweight like Curtis Curtis Blades ain't even losing rounds against half of these guys like watch Curtis come out here and and uh you know pound rosen strikes head into the mat and then watch y'all all be back on him you know what i'm saying just because he Derek knocked out uh volkov too you know what i'm saying so i, I wouldn't be shocked if Derek knocked him out i'm like you know i can't pick against the beast in houston man come on <laughs> man it'd be a sight to see and it'd be so great for the ufc to see this guy win a belt um and I, again even if gone loses I, I think gone has championship Gun trajectory is, like 100 percent Gun going, <laughs> when's the last time you saw a heavyweight move like a middleweight? Yeah. He's he's a phenom, and I love I like his camp too, man. Uh, his coach, uh, Fernand. Fernand, and you saw how uh, Nasruddin looked against um Ian. I mean, that them, them Frenchies are they're changing it. I, li- I like them now, you know, they're changing, <laughs> they're changing the vibes for me, absolutely. So, we got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. Uh, do us a favor, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. So, Shaq, uh, what is the fight to watch for UFC 265? My fight to watch is that uh, welterweight fight, man. That's Vicente Luque versus Chiesa because the winner is going to be one win away from a title fight, right? Um, uh, probably fighting Burns or something. Ooh, I don't know if Luque can fight Burns. That's his best friend. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you Burns know, has fought his friends before. True, true. Man, they might have to scrap. Remember when Koshek and Fitch, uh, they wanted Koshek and Fitch to scrap, but they, they they never did. And then he was like, oh, so you really don't want the title. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. You know, so, uh, but anyways, man, yeah, that's my fight to watch. Kiesa, I mean, he's been looking amazing at 170. Luke is one of the most exciting fighters in not just at 170, but in the UFC period. Um, every time he fights, you have to watch because, I mean, it's like, you know, somebody's going to get messed up. So, um, yeah, that's my fight to watch. And the like I said, the winner's one fight away from a title fight. Um, you got Got Usman and, and Covington getting ready to to do it again. I, I know Leon and George need to go ahead and um you know go ahead and you know settle this thing that they've been having and you know Burns is sitting there so you know I think the winner of this fight probably fights him. For me, my fight to watch is the co-main event between uh, Jose Aldo and Pedro Munoz. I mean, again, remind me the last time you not only missed a fight from either of these guys, but remind me the last time one of these two was involved in a shitty fight. I mean, we're talking about a legend and Jose Aldo. And I think Pedro Munoz can become a legend down the line just because of how damn exciting he's been his entire UFC career. And um, you beat a, you have to become a legend. You have to beat a legend. This is his opportunity. So let's see if he takes it uh, with full grasp. So Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz is my fight to watch. Now, Shaq, who is your fighter to watch for UFC 265? Fighter to watch is going to be, um, is he from Kazakhstan or Kyrgyzstan? Uh, Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan. 
That's my boy Fazeev, man. I really think he's going to have somewhat of a coming out party here on Saturday night. I know the line is is pretty wide, but I think it's warranted, man. I mean, last time I seen guys uh, starching, you know, Mike Kano, I mean, they were top five. So, um, like, Zombie is top five. I mean, uh, who else be Mike Kano? Uh, Ortega is, uh, is challenging for the title. Um, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. I think Fizzy have, it might be one of these guys here in the future. Um and you know I, I I like his manager a lot too. So you know Bobby's a legend of the sport. This is a, a, a you know Bobby's a name you need on your resume. If you beat Bobby Green, then you get a ranked opponent. So um, I, I think Fazeev's uh, the fighter to watch. Absolutely, my fighter to watch is Manel Cap. Look, this guy's been heavily criticized in his first two UFC fights, but in my opinion, he fought two top ten guys. I mean, I know Nikolai's number twelve, but in my opinion, he's a top ten guy. And um, who's who's ahead of Nikolai? So they got it. Uh, I'm pretty sure Nikolai was number 12. Where, where is this shit at? Yeah, number 12. So, But he's about to fight Tim Elliott and take his spot. So, But anyways, back to Manel Cap. He's been heavily criticized for you know having kind of low volume against very tough outs, and maybe he can go for it a little bit more. And here he's got a very explosive, young, hungry fighter in O'Day Osborne that he's facing. And this is an opportunity for Manel Cap to kind of establish his worth in the flyweight division, let everybody know that, hey, the UFC picked the right guy to bring over from Japan. I'm no slouch at all. I can hang with these guys. And this fight's going to let us know a lot about the trajectory of Manel Cap. So for that reason, he is my fighter to watch. Shaq, we did it. It's going down tomorrow night in Houston, Texas, H-Town. Got the Black Beast taking on Cyril Gan for the interim strap. Winner gets Francis and Ganu. It's going to be one hell of a fight. going to be one hell of a show. Thank you so much to all our fans for joining us here on Half the Battle. We truly appreciate it. We love you all so much. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe. Thank you to our sponsor, Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Use that promo code BATTLE20 for 20% off and free shipping. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where we are available, we got an off week next week, but then after that, we'll be back for the next card. Um, follow Shaq at MMA Genius 05. Follow me at Best Fight Picks. Um, thank you guys again so much for the love. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.